All right, amen, church. We're going to continue. We're going to jump right in as we've been talking about the different images of the church, different images in Scripture. And again, it's easy to fall into just the routine of coming to church on Sunday, we leave, and then the people who make up the church out of our minds, right, until next Sunday. Um, but yet scripture, scripture gives a portrait of the church that is a far more intimate picture of what the church should be. It's not just about gathering on Sunday morning. That's important, absolutely. The writer of Hebrews says, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves, come together. But the purpose of the church is more than just gathering and worshiping and doing baby dedications. It's more than that. It's each and every one of you, you make up the church. And it's God's heart that we do life together. And that's the part that's missing in a lot of churches. Some of you guys may know uh, or, or, or have heard of um, Francis Chan. How many people, right? Okay. So you probably know his testimony, his story. I won't go into the whole thing, but basically what led him to leave his mega church, he got up there one some Sunday morning and looked at over those thousands of people, and he was like, I don't even know who these people are. Wow. He said, what am I doing? I'm called to be a shepherd. I'm called to shepherd sheep. He said, I don't, I don't even know who half these people are. So, of course, there's that group that he knows, but how can I really shepherd 4,000 people? Well, here's how. You can't. And, of course, you know, he stepped down and then started more of like a house church movement. The point is, it's hard practically to do what God has called us to do if we just look at it as going to a building on Sunday, a place to worship, and then we leave. we got to have the mindset that God has about the church. You and I, watch this. This might scare some of y'all. Don't run out. You and I are forever linked. <laughs> if you know the Lord, you sit down, Pastor Emmanuel. <laughs> we're linked to you, too. <laughs> If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you're my brother in Christ. You're my sister in Christ. For how long? All eternity. And the more we look at these scriptures that, that are painting the image of the church, the more you see God saying, do life as a family. Right? It's not just about us coming and leaving. And, and this is, this is again, it, it, it has to be cultivated. It has to be cultivated because we don't naturally think this way. We live in a very individual, how do you say that word, individualistic. There you go. I went to public school. We went to a very individualistic <laughs> uh, society, right? This is me. It's personal. It's personal, right? We, we all got these walls behind us. Nobody, nobody wants anybody in anybody's life. No, I'm good. I'm good. Yo, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. You struggling with anything? I'm good. It's all good, man. You know, it's all good. No, it's not. Stop lying. But we don't want to do it, right? So, so now talk about coming together in a local body and everybody just being vulnerable. Like, this is what I'm going through, man. Pray for me. Wow, can you imagine? 
we need to become what God says the church ought to be. And so as we've been keeping this series in front of you, I hope and pray that God, God has been convicting your heart, has been convicting my heart. What is, do I understand this? It starts with what? The leadership. It starts with Emmanuel and I understanding this is not our church. This ministry is not about him, it's not about me. There's only one person who owns this church. That's Jesus Christ. He hung on a cross and his blood bought this church. We now serve under him. So we all need to understand our roles. We have a role to lead you, to equip you, to feed you, to keep your thinking in line with what God says. We're going to be held accountable for that. And again, you've heard him say, you've heard me say, that's a sober thing for me. To know that one day I'm going to give an account. So Ron, uh, you said this to my people. Talk to me about this. Ooh, can you imagine? Right? <laughs> that's sobering. Are you leading my sheep? Are you giving my sheep my word, not your opinion, not what they want to hear, but what I said? I can't, Emmanuel cannot lead this church the way we want to. We have to lead it based on God's word. You, as the sheep, you also are called to a role. Not just us. If we're equipping you, what does the Bible say? Equip you for the work of the ministry. We are to help facilitate your growth. We are to help you understand your spiritual giftedness. Why? Because God said, I've given every one of my children a spiritual gift to be used in the body to build each other up. Is that happening at Hope? It needs to be. And it's our job to come along the sheep, right? You know a shepherd, you see all the sheep, right, going all over the place. And what does the shepherd do? Takes that little cane, that little rod, and he's like, come on, get over here. You're making line. Oh, oh, there's one. Oh, Emmanuel, there's one. I'm going to send him after those big ones to go get because, you know, you got go get them. Whoa, got him. Bring them back in the fold. All right. All right, come on, man. Let's talk, man. Why'd you do that, man? Right? Like, that's shepherding, right? It's messy business. But that's what we're called to do. So as God enables, as we continue this series, remember, all theology has practical application. And when we get to the end of this series, part of the practicality is going to be Emmanuel and I coming to you guys. Hey, can we talk? Nobody's going to like show up on you like that, right? But we want to meet with each and every one of you. We want to meet with you. This is how serious we take our job. We want to meet with each and every person and say, okay, you sat under the preaching of God's word in regards to the church, in regards to the role of the shepherd, in regards to your role, what say you? Are you a part of this local sheep fold? We want to spend that time with each and every one of you because at the end of the day, we need to know who we are accountable to God, to shepherd. Amen? So that, that, that's where we're headed. I don't know when this series is going to end. <laughs> but when it does, <laughs> might be the rapture as we're going up. Hey, hey, so you want to be committed to hope? <laughs> right? yeah, I don't know. Because uh, we don't have an end date. We're just, we're taking our time going through the scripture. So as we continue to look at some of these images, and again, just putting these scriptures in front of you, not unpacking them in their entirety, 
But I just want you to see that, wow, God is presenting the church with so many different images because he's giving us different nuances for us to understand the purpose of his church. Father, I pray now as we look at your word, open up our eyes. Father, we want to be your people as you've called us to be. The church as, as, you, as you have called us to be the church. We don't want to give in to the culture, what the culture says church ought to be about. But Father, we want to base how we do life on your holy word. That's, that's what we desire. So I pray, God, that you would use your word now to realign our thinking with yours, wherever it needs to happen in all of our lives. So we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's, let, let's jump back in. Um, we started looking at these images. Uh, let's go to the uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 5 to 9 slide, please. The images of the church, these different pictures of God's church. Uh, we looked at this one already. Let me just read it, though. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? As I alluded to, right? Who is Emmanuel? Who's Ron? We're servants through whom you believe. That's all. We're nothing but God's slaves. And notice, as the Lord assigned to each, that's the role that Apollos and Paul had in the early church. They were given to the church as leaders. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. See, it's not about us. <laughs> okay? But only God who gives the growth. We're, we're nothing but stewards throwing out the seed, planting. One plants, another waters. Nothing will happen of any eternal value unless God doesn't change the heart. But as Emmanuel said earlier, God works through means. And he works through the proclamation of the word. How shall they hear if no one go and preach? So we have our role. And we got to make sure that we're feeding you the pure word of God, not word with a bunch of fluff in it, or words that are going to make you feel good about yourself. If you feel good about yourself because you're in Christ, amen. And you ought to, right? But we're not about positive preaching. We got to get the people what they want. No, I'm going to give the people what they need. They need the word of God. They need the word of God to realign our thinking. And that's not going to make you popular. And that's okay. It's not a popularity contest. Listen to what Paul says. I planted a Apollos water, but God gave the increase. Neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are what? One. I love that. I, I still go back when we first met. And it was only of God. <laughs> only of God. We sit down. We have that first breakfast. Somebody gives the number. Francette gives me this number. Call this guy. He's in Allentown. And my initial thought was, ah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't call another pastor. You know, I, why? Because I met so many pastors, and it was about them, about their ministry. As a matter of fact, when we started AFC, pastors came and sat. I've shared that with you guys. Hey, now, before you go out and do that, what's your brand? Excuse me? But you got to have a brand. Look, i got a guy. You need to get your marketing stuff together. you got to have your website, match your business card, match it. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm good. I'm good. This is not a business. And so I got tired of running into people. They didn't understand the purpose of the church. 
right? So when I got that number from Francette, I'll be honest, I was like, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, cool. Here we go. And as soon as he gets into his pitch about how big we could be and what we could, I'm just going to be like, uh, look, man, I got to go. As a matter of fact, I had my, I had my, I never told you this. I had my alarm set at 45 minutes. Y'all have done it. Don't look at me like that. Y'all have done it. When you got to meet with somebody and you really don't want to, so you set the alarm at 45, but it sounds like a phone ring. So you're like, oh, oh hold on. Yeah, I got to go, man. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but we're sitting in the diner talking two and a half hours later. I kept hitting snooze. I was like, this guy's different. This guy gets it. This guy gets it. It's, it's not about him. It's not about big ministry. It's not about, it was about the word. Proclaim Jesus. Proclaim Jesus. And it was so refreshing. So refreshing. And I'm like, okay, Lord, here we are. Who would have known? Here we are now. We are one. We're unified in the same message of proclaiming Jesus Christ. I love verse 9, right? We are God's fellow workers. Amen. And now he turns around and he says, you, that's all of you, you are God's field, God's building. See the picture? Let's go on. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Here it is, according to the grace of God given to me. Now, Paul's, Apostle Paul's talking about himself. Like a skilled master builder, I laid the foundation. And someone else is building on it. So Paul would go and plant these churches, right? Leave Timothy, appoint elders to these different. But he laid the foundation. But that foundation was Jesus Christ. Okay. I laid the foundation, and then he says, someone else is building upon it, whether it's Paul or Cephas or, or rather Apollos, but let each one take care of how he builds on it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. See, what was happening in the early church, Jesus Christ was the foundation, as Paul just said, but others are coming in trying to lay a different foundation. No, 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 it's about wisdom. It's about Gnosticism. It's about this hidden knowledge. He's like, no, 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 it's about Jesus. Don't let somebody come in with some vain, empty philosophy. The foundation is Jesus. And the minute the foundation changes from being Jesus in this church, throw us out. You have my permission. You understand? This is God's church. This isn't ours. So the foundation, Paul warns, it's Jesus. And be very careful how you build on it. Now he's going to go on. In that passage, and he talks about that uh, 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 straw and hay and wood and stubble. He gives us an, these building materials. You want to build on the foundation those things that are precious. Right? You want to build on the foundation, God's church, those things that will last. It's not about you. It's not about your popularity. Well, I, I feel like I'm called to start a ministry. Why? <laughs> See? That could be. Hey, in stubble, you're trying to build on the foundation. Oh, I know it sounds good. Brother came to me years ago. He said, uh, Lord, laid on my heart to do something. I said, okay. What are you thinking about? And basically what it ended up being was a ministry he wanted to start within the church ministry. Basically, he wanted to start a church on another day when the regular church wasn't meeting. And that's what God called him to do. And I said, what do you want to do? Well, you want to have time of singing? Then I, I'll share a challenge. 
and then we'll just have a time of prayer. I said, that's not like church. Oh, no, 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 no. This is a different fellowship. This is a different ministry. I feel God's calling me to do it. God, I'm going to do that like on a Wednesday night. No, no, that was about you, bro. That was about you. No, no. We have to build on this foundation that is Christ. And everything that we're building on the foundation, it ought to be for the preeminence of Christ, not the glory of man. And all of you have a part in it because God has gifted every one of you. You may say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is. Okay. It's our job to help you figure that out. But it's about building and taking to the world Jesus Christ. But it starts with you and I as you are using your giftedness together. People ought to leave this place and say they, they are serious about Jesus Christ. It is about the preeminence of Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay, let's go on. Let's look. God's building, right? God's building. Again, we're looking at these different images. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. See that word again? The household of God. We're all part of the same family. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. The truth that they laid that was rooted in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Again, that building analogy. In whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Again, you see that analogy of the building. Jesus is the cornerstone, just like in a building. You lay that cornerstone, every other stone will be in place in reference to the cornerstone. That's Jesus. And he gives this beautiful picture that you and I are being built up. This structure, you and I, we're going to see in a minute, are each individual stones that make up the building, the temple of God. We alluded to this last time, how important was the temple? Every Jewish person knew the temple is where the presence of God dwelt. And now no longer is God dwelling in a physical structure. He's dwelling in you. And each one of you make up the dwelling place of God. You see how important this is? That's why we can lift all of us up out of this place and go meet in Jordan Park and you would have the church. The church is not this shell. It's us. Can you imagine? I mean, you got, you got to meditate on that and think about that. That the God of all creation dwells in you. Wow. If the God of all creation dwells in us through the power of the Holy Spirit because we're trusting in Christ for salvation, what kind of light should we be in here? Are you kidding me? The God of all creation? And yet you got members in churches not even talking to one another, not even praying for one another, never seeing one another but once a week. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Notice what he says. Verse 22, in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by his spirit. Guys, I, 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 I'm trying to impress this upon you that coming to church is more than coming to church. There is something about being in the presence with other believers that I believe God does like he does no other place. Let me say that again. When God's people come together, what we see in these verses, God's very presence is dwelling among us in a very special, unique way. 
Yes, he's dwelling in you when you leave this place, of course. But in the context, what Paul is emphasizing is, don't you realize when you come together, his presence is among you in a very unique way. Now, here's what you have to ask yourself. So if I'm not part of that, I'm missing out on that presence and what that means. Does that make sense? That's why a lot of times when, you know, I'm, I'm counseling people and they're a true believer, the first thing I'll say to them, let me ask you a question. Where do you go to church? They'll tell me where they go to church. I said, when was the last time you've been there? Oh, it's been months. I said, okay, no problem. I understand. Here's my first piece of advice as a counselor. Number one, I want you to go to church on Sunday. Oh, come on, pastor. You don't understand what you are missing out on. God's presence, he says, I dwell there. I dwell there. So maybe some of the encouragement, maybe some of the mind shift that needs to happen in you ain't happening because you ain't coming to church. It's not about coming to the building. It's about coming into his presence. Guys, this is the importance of the church. Let's go on. 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5. As you come to him, a living stone, referring to Jesus Christ, Rejected by men in the sight of God, but yet chosen and precious. Look at the analogy here again of a temple. You yourselves, like living stones, that's you and I, are being built up as a what? Spiritual house. Do you see all these pictures? For what purpose? To be a holy priesthood. That's temple language to offer spiritual sacrifices, that's temple language, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Wow, what a beautiful picture. No longer do we have to travel to Jerusalem and go to a temple and offer sacrifices. We do it every Sunday right here. And they are spiritual sacrifices, sacrifices of praise, thanksgiving, when we pray, when we give, when we pray, when we give, when we fellowship, what are we doing? We're offering sacrifices to God. That's beautiful. You think that pleases his God? You better believe it does. And it's in that that God begins to change our minds and our hearts. Have you, have you ever left church on a high? I have. Now let's be real. Let's keep it real. That same day when you left church on a high, were you on a high to get to church? I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. How do you explain that? Like, I don't feel like coming to church. Why? Because Monday's knocking at the door, and I know what Monday got going on. But when I bring my mind to, but hold on, wait a minute. God, I know you're with me right now but you're going to be with all the saints in a special way. I'm going to church. And then when I get here, when I leave, then it's like the psalmist, I was glad when they said, let's come into the house of the Lord. I didn't want to, to be honest. Trying to find all the excuses. Do I have a temperature? Mm, let me see. Feel a little weak. Can I tell Emmanuel? I'm feeling the, now I don't want to lie, right? I'm trying to find a way out because <laughs> I'm tired. But then this is, this is the importance of understanding what happens here. It's not about just going to church. 
about meeting God. It's about God who says, I'm going to do something unique in the gathering. God said that, not us. God said that. You can stay home if you want. This is why I believe you can't have internet church. It's the gathering of the people that God says my presence will be there. Man, and then I walk out and say, I'm so glad I came. I'm so glad I came. Because the Holy Spirit begins to minister to your heart and show you things and convict you. All of a sudden you're walking out and then somebody says something. Hey, brother, boom, 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 boom. You're like, wow. They didn't even know what I was wrestling. How did they? That's God working among his people. You miss out on that if you don't show up. The importance of the church. Look at the next one. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Remember, Moses was a prophet, right? He was sent, go to Pharaoh. Tell him, let my people go. Moses is a type of Christ. Moses was sent. Jesus was sent. Moses delivered the people out. Jesus delivered us out of the bondage of sin. You see the types? So many parallels there. But notice what the writer of Hebrews says. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. You catch that? (laughs) That's beautiful. You walk into a beautiful edifice, right? $200,000 home, $400,000 home. You look at the house and it's like, wow, man cave. Oh, my goodness. Chef kitchen. In-ground infinity pool. Oh, my God, look at this place, right? How much greater is the one who had the mind to craft it? What? (laughs) Right? Jesus Christ has more glory than Moses. Look what he says. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Let's keep going. Look what he says. Now, Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. In other words, Moses, in what he did, he was a servant, faithful prophet of God, ministering to the house of Israel. But what was all this ultimately pointing to? Jesus Christ who was going to be the one over all the body, over all the children of Israel, over all the saints of God. It's about Christ. He gets more glory. He gets more glory. Notice what the writer says. And we are his house. Wow. If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our Don't you understand what Jesus Christ did? You are part of something far greater than Moses was a part of. (laughs) Moses and the the Old Testament prophets only got a glimpse. They only got a glimpse of what you and I get to experience. They got a glimpse by going to the temple and the high priest stopping and saying, oh, wait, wait, where's where's the lamb? Okay, I'll see you next year. And the high priest goes in and does it, right? They got a glimpse of it. With all the pomp and circumstance and the veil and the curtain, and they got a taste of like God's in there. Now you and I walk into his presence, veil torn. Hey, God, it's me. Hey, how you doing, son? Wow. That's what you and I have. And you know God manifests himself in a special way when we all come together. 
Why would we not want to be a part of that? Why would we not want that? We are a part of something far greater. Look at 1 Timothy 3, 14 and 15. I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave. Look at that phrase again. In the household of God. Family. We're, we're family. Which is the church of who? Pastor Emmanuel? The living God. This is God's place. This is God's place. And we get the privilege to be servants in God's place. Just like the priests had the privilege to represent Jehovah in their capacity. But it wasn't about the priest. It was about Jehovah the whole time. Which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. Man, there's a lot we can say about this, but listen, it's already been alluded to in the, in the child dedication. We're living in a very dark time. We're living in a dark time where a lie is becoming the truth. We're living in a dark time where man can create his own reality, where man can say, truth is relative, I can do whatever I want to do. You know what God says? God's people, where I dwell, you are the truth that is unspoiled. This is what the truth ought to be. What is happening in God's house. This is the pillar. This is what's foundationally going to hold society up. The truth of what God says. And God says, I use each and every one of you to foster that, to demonstrate that, display that in your life. Man, I've said this before. Everybody's playing for re praying for revival in the community. I'm not. Don't hate me. I'm praying for revival in the church. I'm praying for revival. Oh, we need, no, we need revival in here. Do we understand who we are? Do we understand that the presence of God is here? That if we would just get our stinking mask out the way and just be, look, I am totally who I am because of Christ. My value is in Christ, not my performance, not my looks, not my economy. My value is in Christ. Now let's roll up our sleeves, pray together, encourage one another in the faith, and be a light to this dark world. Can you imagine we actually got serious about that? People would be like, what is going on over at that place? Right? We represent the living God. Guys, this is why Satan is attacking. This is why Satan is saying, nah, just stay home. This is why Satan is saying, oh, he said something that offended you? Yeah, don't, don't go back. You know what Satan is concerned about? He's concerned about us not experiencing the presence of God and, and the dwelling of God amongst the people. Satan, Satan's crafty. He knows what he's doing. See, we think it's just about church. We think, well, I ju I'm just tired. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. It's about Satan not wanting us to be in the presence of God because it is in the presence of God that things happen. Let's look at one more. The body of Christ. Another image of the church. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. See, this is where you guys come into play. <laughs> the body just doesn't have a head. Or in this case, two heads. No, no, no. Each and every one of you. It doesn't consist of one member, but of many. Look at the argument that he makes. Well, now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. 
that would not make it any less a part of the body. <laughs> right? See the argument he's making? If the ears should say, because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? You see the logical argument he's making? Notice his conclusion. But as it is, here it is. God arranged the members in the body, that's all of you, each one of them as he chose. Wow, stop right there. Two things. First of all, you can never, as a child of God, say that you're not significant. You can never, as a child of God, part of a local assembly, say, I'm not significant. I don't have a gift set. I'm not a pastor. I can't teach. I can't sing. I can't play. I can't play either. So it's all good. You can't say that. Why? Because Paul is making the argument, you're part of the body. You're in. You're part of the body because you're in Christ. Now, we all have different gift sets. The problem is we tend to start comparing ourselves to other people's gifts. And then we feel like, well, I don't have one of those out in front gifts, so, you know, what significance am I? The minute you say that, you're saying, God, I'm not significant, which is contrary to what God just said. Every one of you have a part in the body of Christ. And you cannot look at this thing of which ones are greater than the other. Paul's point is they're all the same in value. Man, if we could just start thinking this way. And he makes the argument, if we were all a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many different parts, but it's yet one body. So again, we we should not be looking at our brothers and sisters in Christ and comparing what gifts that you have based on them. No. You're significant because you're in Christ. And Jesus said, I've given you something to do in the context of the local body. You know, if you don't like your assignment, that's a reflection on what? What you think about the ones who gave it to you. Think about it. If it's given to you by God, well, I, I don't like that this is, this is my gift. Really? That's a reflection on what you think about the ones who gave it to you. See, if we stop comparing ourselves, our value based on what other people are doing, but rather put your eyes up on God. God, this is your body. What do you want me to do? God may say to you, I want you to grab that mop, and I want you to mop with all your heart. Um, yeah, excuse me, Lord, uh, I appreciate that, but I was thinking about something a little bit more, right? <laughs> that, see, that, that's how we look at it, right? Why? Because we're worried about what people think about us. We're worried about us feeling good about what we do. News check, it's not about you. This is God's church. And we are just all servants as he's given us gift sets to do what he would have us to do to bring us closer together in love, proclaiming Christ to the world, loving on one another, growing in the grace of his word. It doesn't matter what your gift set is, but whatever it is, we ought to be using it. All right, we'll end with this. I said that last one. Good time. We will.
Let's look at this last one. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. Rather speaking the truth in love, look at the command to the church. Again, he's writing to the church at Ephesus. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. I love that. At the end of the day, when God calls me home or calls Emmanuel home, I think I can speak for him when I say I want Jesus to be able to say, you know what, Ron? You know what, Emmanuel? My church located at Hope, they became more like me because of you. They became more like me because you sold into their lives. You exhorted them. You prayed for them. You encouraged them. And now my church looks more like me. That's our job. It's like I tell the husbands, how does your wife love Jesus more because of something directly you've done? Does your wife love Christ more because of you? Rather speaking the truth, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint, that's you. Each and every one of you are a separate joint. He's back to the body analogy. With which it is equipped. That's our job to do that. When each part is working properly, Guess what? It makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. What a beautiful picture. This is what hope needs to be. And this is what we're going to strive to make it by God's grace. Amen? So let's be praying. God, we want to be your church because this church is your church. God, I thank you so much for your word. It is so clear and it pierces our hearts and convicts us, Lord. I pray for hope. God, I pray that we would be the church, the building, the temple, the dwelling place of God. And all that that means, serving, equipping, loving one another, God. Father, that this would be a place that is so enamored with Jesus Christ that it permeates in all of our lives as individuals and together as one body we keep moving forward in the things of God, walking in the things of God, proclaiming Jesus, growing stronger in our faith, representing you well, God. Father, we need your grace. Help us, Father, to make the adjustments in our thinking that we might make the adjustments in the way we live. In light of these truths, we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. All right, let's stand. And we're going to sing that song as we end. Let the church say amen. All right, let's put that up. And uh, Abby, if you don't mind coming up.